Hey guys, it's Lori here. Just letting you know that this episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more at csbible.com. Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 182, How to Love Scripture. Yes, hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone every day. I am your host, Lori Krieg, and I have alongside me my favorite licensed therapist and Argyle aficionado, my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello. Hey, Matt, you were in Argyle today? Um, unfortunately not. You just get a little tattoo of it. Probably should. <laughs> Perma. Okay, we do have with us the ever faithful and most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. Man, guys, this conversation I cannot wait to share with you. We have been talking around the ministry about like just wanting solid theology and to study the Bible in our lives. Uh, and Tara Lee Cobble came to mind and we're like, I wonder if she would chat with us about why we need to love scripture. And it is such a beautiful conversation and her joy is infectious. Did you guys feel the joy? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Didn't she make you want to read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Isn't that crazy town? I'm like, okay, I want to check out these D groups, which what's a D group? You guys, we're going to talk about it today in the conversation with Tara Lee Cobble, which I'll introduce you to her in just a minute. But before we dive into the conversation, I want to let you know about coaching. Do you know that I do some coaching? I talked about it in last season, haven't talked about it yet this season. So if you guys are interested in having someone, I, I will talk about later in this conversation about how tired I am and that I'm not not doing a ton of mentoring, but coaching is not mentoring necessarily. I meet with you for one to three sessions. And if you have questions about honestly anything that we cover in the podcast, so sexuality, gender, studying the Bible, if you just want a friend with you in the trenches, you can check out different uh, options that we offer online. You can go to lorikrieg.com slash shop. Guys, I am so excited to welcome to the show today, Tara Lee Cobble. She is the creator and host of the Bible Recap Podcast, which I have been listening to, and I heart eyes it, as my five-year-old says, but I do heart eyes it. But it is the author also of the book by the same name called The Bible Recap. She founded D Group, an international network of weekly discipleship and Bible study groups, and hosts a daily radio show called The God Shot. She lives in Dallas, Texas. She's also the author of the new resource that we're going to be diving into a bit today called He's Where the Joy Is. It's a Bible study book getting to know the captivating God of the Trinity, I, I've got some questions that I want to understand where, how he's the joy and there's Trinity. I understand Trinitarian theology is rough. So I'm so excited to learn from you today. Welcome, Tara Lee Cobble. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so delighted to have you. So I'm going to ask you question number one is one that we have asked everybody for all the episodes. All right. I don't think we missed anybody. Have we missed anybody, Matt? I don't think so, but before we jump in there, I'm a little confused. Is Steve actually the most professional radio voice among us today? Why? Because she has a great Because she has a daily radio show and <laughs> podcasts, and I'm, I'm just all confused now. He so. has a I defer to Steve. I defer to <laughs> Steve. Oh, I'm passing the baton. Okay. We're good. <laughs> all right. Well, here is the first question. Uh, so if the gospel is I'm more loved than I imagine and yet more sinful than I believe, when? was the gospel first good news for you and how is it still 
Man, I am so grateful that my first memory is my mom teaching me John 3.16. And my second memory is my brother Jason leading me to Christ on a Saturday night while he played shoots and ladders uh, in, in his bedroom as mm-hmm. we got ready for church the next day. So I don't really have a time in my life that I don't remember knowing the Lord. And I, I do believe that even though I was young, that that is the, the first time that the gospel became real to me, that I was a sinner in need of a savior and that that was when he saved me. And it is still good news because I am still a sinner and mm-hmm. I still need a savior. And I'm just so grateful that he has finished that work on the cross for me. Um, and not only that, not only did he save me from my sin, but he granted me his righteousness. And, um, and he walks with me daily and um, his spirit dwells in me. And that is just the best thing ever. <laughs> it is not just that I got rescued from hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just um, that I, you know, can can talk to him about things. It's that there is this constant joy that permeates the hardships, um, the trials, the the best things, the worst things. That he's always there with me. That's mm. that's the best. I love that. Um, and you can tell you mean it. Like that's that's <laughs> what I think. It, the world is so starving for right now is like real mm-hmm. life people that aren't just talking it but are living it. So yeah, just gonna thank you for that right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mentioned in your bio that you have a couple different podcasts for people who are following a chronological Bible reading plan on U Version. Mm-hmm. So what are those about, and uh, why'd you create them? So we created the Bible Recap podcast because I don't know if you've ever tried to read the Bible or not, but mm-hmm. it is a, ta- a challenge. It's mm-hmm. a task. And um, I, like I mentioned, I, from my earliest days, had access to church, scripture, and my parents own a Christian bookstore. My first job was selling Bibles. <laughs> and yet I got into adulthood and into full-time ministry right outside of co- right out of college and had never read the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. And I had tried many times and failed every time that I tried. And I was thinking like, I'm sure I've pieced it together over time. Um, And like, I'm sure I've read it all at some point, but I certainly didn't understand the narrative. I certainly wasn't in love with the main character in the way I, I, I like knew it was true. And I wanted to like honor him. I believed the Bible was true. I just didn't know what it said. And I didn't necessarily love the God of the Bible, Mm -hmm. um, even though I was in full-time ministry. So when I did that the first time, a pastor friend of mine kind of walked me through it and he helped me get over the humps of things I didn't understand. And that's the only reason I kept going. It's the only reason I finished was it started to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Things started to jump off the page. I started to connect the dots, things that seemed contradictory. He was helping me reconcile. So I wanted to do that for other people because I assume that a lot of people aren't reading scripture for the same reason that I wasn't reading scripture. So my hope is that I can kind of do for them what that pastor friend did for me. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. As, as someone who does try to read the Bible chronologically, it's like every time I get to like Jeremiah, you know, <laughs> right before the exile, it just yeah, it's plotting. Right? It's very like, oh boy, how do I keep going? And so wow, you get pretty far compared to where most people get. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, taken a long I mean, time long time but it's it's definitely yeah it's hard i mean let's face it there's leviticus numbers all that too but like Mm -hmm. yeah you get into those hard parts and it would definitely help to have something i guess to help like process it and just get through it and so okay you talk about being in full-time ministry and and never having really read the bible and not really loving the god of the bible well when did that love really 
come into your life? When did you fall in love with God? When did you fall in love with scriptures? Well, interestingly, it wasn't the first time I read the Bible. The first time I read the Bible, I did it. I, I was like, I don't think I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Like, I really was so uh, disoriented because how had I been in church all this time and nobody, but nobody had ever talked about this passage. I had never, why did he say that? That seems really mean. Why would he do this thing? Why was he killing these people? I don't understand any of this and I don't like it. And I took those questions to my pastor friend and I said, Hey, I'm in full-time ministry. I just read the whole Bible. I don't think I like God. What do I do now? And I was really like, what other jobs can I do? Because I'm not a person who can fake it. So I knew I can't stay in full-time ministry. And so I'm making plans of like, what kind of jobs can I apply for? But he said to me, he said, read it again. And this time, don't look for yourself. Look for him. Because I was reading scripture with a lens to understand, how do I get what I want from God, first of all? How do I back him in a corner to make sure he gives me what I want in life? And I was also looking, how can I please him? Because, well, frankly, if I please him, if I do what he wants, then he's going to do what I want, right? Like, isn't it transactional like that? So I'm looking for my to-do list, my application point, so that I can get what I want from him. And, And my pastor friend said, you're reading it backwards. You're reading it as though it's a mirror, and it's not. It's a lens to behold the living God. So look for him. Look for his character. It's on every page. Look for what he loves, what he hates, what motivates him to do what he does. And you guys, when I read it with that lens, same book I just read, and I didn't like him, and I was going to walk away from ministry and and the Lord, I fell in love with him. It Mm. It transformed everything to just look for God. And that's why now when I'm in those passages like Leviticus that would normally just bore me to tears and I have this mission, this treasure hunt, I'm looking for God. Like, what can I see about God in this genealogy, in this list of laws? Like, what do I see about his character? And I'm in tears in a passage that used to bore me because I was looking for myself in Levitical law. And so it changed everything. And that's when I fell in love with the word. Okay. But what tools did you use? Because I'm, you know, I I just got the opportunity to hear Beth Moore speak. And she was mm-hmm. talking to a bunch of female leaders who are um, getting theology degrees, which, praise the Lord, I have the privilege to be starting that. Uh, but I'm like, how? Do, which commentary? Which what do, what do I do for the regular woman <laughs> who's listening or man who's yeah. listening? The Matt Krieg. Like, what did you pick up? So, you know, the Bible Recap uh, is a podcast that's about eight minutes a day. And if you have the book, it's two pages a day. And so I've condensed into that eight minutes or two pages about 15 different commentaries and Bible studies and the content from those. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my favorite ones. Um, my fa- I love the ESV Study Bible. I love that. Um, but there's a free online study Bible. If you, don't, if you can't afford the ESV Study Bible, there is a free online study Bible called the Faith Life Study Bible. It's just faithlife.com or bible.faithlife.com. And it's amazing. Um, They have an app too, but the website on a browser is much more user-friendly. Love it. Blue Letter Bible is also another free tool. You can use their, their Greek and Hebrew lexicon to look up like the original words. And those are two really helpful resources. And then their biblegateway.com has all kinds of free commentaries. If like a good starter commentary is just Matthew Henry. That's a great yep. starter commentary mm-hmm. and it's all online for free. So these are free resources that you can use, a commentary, a lexicon, and a study Bible 
that will really help open your eyes to things that maybe didn't make sense before. If you want to like dig in a little deeper. So I use those and about 12 others. With the question of how can I get to know God? How can I develop my lens to understand God? Because in understanding God, how would you finish that sentence about yourself? Because I, I mean, I'm so self-centered, but like, what did it do for your view of self? Oh, well, okay. So I had a low Christology and a high anthropology. I had a low view of God and a high view of man. And so I had a really high view of what I deserved and what God owed me. And I had a low view of God and his sovereignty and what he deserved. And what happened when I started looking for God instead of myself was it really exalted and elevated the character and the person of God so that it flipped my theology on its head. I then had a high Christology, a high view of Christ, and a low anthropology, a low view of man. And that I'm not a person who you know, goes around beating myself up. I don't hate myself. It's not like that. It doesn't do that for you. What it does is it rightly positions you. Mm. And it makes me so much more grateful for every generous gift that God gives me. I don't deserve the air in my lungs right now. I don't deserve to have his name on my lips. And yet I get to call him father and talk to him about everything that's on my heart and my mind. And he listens and he leans in. And all of that is stuff that I thought I deserved previously. Yeah. And now I understand what a generous gift it is. And it makes me love him more. You know, Jesus mm -hmm. said, she who is forgiven much loves much. The more I realized how much I was forgiven, the more it advanced and exalted my love for him. Hmm. Hmm. So you, you talk about your own kind of viewpoint where this, this high view of man, humanity, low view of God. And I, 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 you're not alone in that. I think that is a very Western cultural kind of ideal, this high view of man. You know, and you talk about like looking for self in in scriptures and, you know, those are some some barriers that a lot of people aren't really even aware of maybe in their own right. life, you know. And so you you had to overcome those in your reading of scripture. And I, I guess why why was reading scripture overcoming those barriers in order to read scripture? Why why was that worth it? Oh, why was it worth it? Oh, man, I have so much more joy. You guys, you don't even know. Like it is life is just so much better when you're not entitled, you know, just the kind of arrogance that is amplified through well-meaning Christians, through Instagram culture, through everything that tells us like, you are worthy, you deserve this, you just like, and it's just, you start to get angry when life doesn't bend to your will. And when God isn't doing what you think he owes you, because you're going to church and you're tithing. And, you know, like I was thinking like, well, I haven't had sex before marriage, so God owes me a husband. Mm -hmm. No, nowhere in scripture does he promise me that. Mm -hmm. And so like all of the things that I started to feel like God owed me, really, I was just imprisoning myself in my own unhappiness and my own entitlement. And it was gross. And so when I began to fall in love with God and he became the point instead of me, yeah. not my, the shackles of all of that just fell off. Now, obviously I'm still gonna deal with that just like any other human, but I wasn't living in that space. Mm -hmm. um, it became occasional instead of like my typical mode of being. And there, the freedom and the joy and the gratitude that came from beholding him in his word. And that's, that's the only place we're really going to get to know who he says he is, is in his word. I was, I was always only learning about him, mostly secondhand, through sermons, through books, through whatever. I was never actually beholding him firsthand 
and having him reveal on the pages of his word who he says he was. So that means it was so easy for me to be misled into that Western mindset, that Instagram culture, those well-meaning Christians who tell me what I, you know, quote unquote, deserve. And um, so beholding him in his word, that's the only way to really get to know him. And then why is it worth it? It's the best relationship of my life. It changes everything, (laughs) changes everything. Hey, Matt, have you noticed? I've been using a different Bible lately. I have. Is it a CSB? Yes, it's a Christian Standard Bible. It's the She Reads Truth one. Are you telling me that you don't just talk about the CSB on ads like this, but you actually read it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I do actually read it. I'm reading the She Reads Truth one every day now for a bunch of reasons. But the biggest one is I love the margins. I love writing the date and some prayers and real life stuff in it. Do you write about me in there? Um, yes. Like, thank you, Jesus, for how awesome my husband is dated every day of my life. Um, no. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, seriously, guys listening, I am loving not only the margins where I can write only gratitude to the Lord for my awesome husband, Matt. But I love that it was edited by women and the devotionals in it are actually uplifting and not fluffy or patronizing. And the timelines, each book of the Bible has this timeline that helps me to understand what's happening in this book in relationship to the rest of the canon of the Bible. Okay, fine. That's fine. (laughs) Even if you write real stuff about me in it. Okay, well, you can get one too and write real life prayers about me in it. You know your girl needs them. Yeah, well, I need them too. (laughs) So where can I get this Bible or another Bible like it? Well, you can find the She Reads Truth Bible or any of the CSB versions by hitting up csbible.com. So we've been, I think, a theme in the last several episodes that we've been talking about... um, is this these conversations we keep having over and over and over in our friendships with ourselves, with people we're walking alongside who are asking, is it worth following Jesus? Mm-hmm. And some of them are hitting these contradictory passages in the Bible or just passages they don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they just read it and they're like, okay, well, the Bible might say that that's good for you. And then they start... Um, walking away from that passage and then another and then another and then all of a sudden they're like i don't know maybe jesus isn't the only way so Mm -hmm. for the person who maybe is still is wrestling with a passage of scripture whether it be i mean we talk a lot on this podcast about sexuality about gender about marriage about what to do with your body like what would you recommend to that person i would say we don't wrestle with scripture out of context we wrestle with scripture as a whole. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. Um, If you are a professional football team, let's say you are the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and you come to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys, you don't just play the quarterback. Mm. You play the whole team. That's how you engage with the whole team. And so with scripture, when we pull this one verse out of context and try to make it do all the work, It can't do all the work. It's in context for a reason. And so that's why reading the whole counsel of God on a topic is going to be the only way we're going to get to the truth of the matter. And the only way we can have a real wrestle with God on this, because to pluck one verse out of context 
man, we will really do harm to ourselves, our view of God, our relationship with others, if we try to form theology around one verse and even a couple of verses pieced together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- those are those are dangerous things to engage with. Um, so engaging with the whole of Scripture is really important. Hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we try to do on, on the Bible Recap podcast is, um, and in the book as well, I'll try to point out like, hey, this verse seems to contradict this verse, doesn't it? <laughs> like, those seem really contradictory. That's so good. Let's talk about how they fit together. Let's talk about how they fit together. Mm-hmm. You so know? good. Or even ideas like, well, Scripture says that you should, you know, uh, you should only have one spouse, that you shouldn't be married to multiple women. And here, David is married to multiple women. Right. So what are you going to do with that, right? Right. Except scripture, that's that's the difference between um, prescriptive, where God is prescribing and telling you what to do, and descriptive, where God is saying, here's what actually happened. Mm. And so to to try to say the descriptive contradicts the prescriptive, well, of course it does, because you're dealing with sinners. Right. You can't use David as an example of everything you should ever do. Yes, he's a man after God's own heart, but what does that mean? So we dive into questions like that. We dive into those seeming contradictions to unearth what the truth of Scripture really is in the text. So good, Tara Lee. So good. Do, do you have like a, I don't know, one of the, I'm sure you get questions about it all the time. Do you have like one that like gets asked all the time about a specific type of contradiction or anything that, that you feel like you <laughs> always one, have to that answer? One that one about David is prominent. David. That okay. one, also slavery. Uh, slavery gets asked a lot like, you know, why is it okay for them to have slaves in scripture? And why does it, and so that is a big one that we dive into. And, um, you know, there are, uh, it's interesting how it's, I, it sounds like I'm just brushing it off. Like it all makes sense if you just look at it closely, but really it does. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, people will be like, well, you have an answer for everything. Well, like scripture should have an answer for what scripture is teaching us on these matters. And so um, it does explain that like, you know, to enslave a person in the way that um, we see done, like in the um, African slave trade, that is ungodly behavior. It's wicked. Mm-hmm. Scripture never endorses that, mm-hmm. ever. It speaks out against that. It says that any person who kidnaps another person should be put to death. Hmm. It does deal with those things. And the word slavery can have a couple of different meanings in Scripture, depending on the context in which it's used. So those are things that we spend some time unpacking. So good. So doing God's <laughs> work there, girl. <laughs> Seriously. It's... I've just been reading, speaking of, just in 2 Corinthians, just about the different gifts of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians, about the different gifts of the Spirit. And like God gives some wise advice and like the ability to teach. Really, it's probably the teacher is the gifting that God has given you. But it's you're, you're leaning in your calling. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Okay. So you wrote, well, awesome. So try unity of God. So we try to like tiptoe into that in the book we wrote. And then like all these different theologians were like, you don't want to mess with this one. Go ahead and back the train up, Craig. So why? (laughs) tell us a little bit more about this study. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, why not start your very first Bible study that you ever write uh, on the Trinity? Why not just jump right in the deep end right away? Right. Right. Um, It was it's heavy lifting. The Trinity is heavy lifting. And that's exactly why I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. teaching is, it, it is my spiritual gift. Yep. And it is um, 
one of my favorite things. And the way that I love to use my teaching gift is I love to take big concepts and big ideas and make them palatable to people who aren't brainiacs, right. people who didn't go to seminary. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Your girl didn't go to seminary. Yep, yep. And so I want to take I want to take the word of God and the truths of who God is and package them well for people like me who who want to understand them but feel intimidated by them. And so that's what I I did with the Trinity. I read about 15 books about the Trinity. I listened to every sermon I could get my hands on. I talked to theologians. I had some great editors and um, someone who wrote her doctorate in Trinitarian theology helped us edit. Um, And I learned so much in my own efforts to write this study for other people to just be able to say, like, here's what scripture says about who God is. And the thing is, it's a really scripture heavy study because there's no one specific place in scripture that fully explains and unpacks everything we know about the Trinity. It's sprinkled throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus is in the Old Testament for anybody who doesn't know that. He's like all over the whole thing. He said the whole Old Testament is about him. Mm -hmm. And so he's there. Mm -hmm. He's there in the beginning in creation, doing the manual labor of creation. We see that in Colossians 1. We see that in John 1. And those are things that like You don't really fully see it in Genesis 1. It's dropped in there as a hint. And then John 1 and Colossians 1 and and other places in Scripture really help us understand that passage. Right. And so there was a theologian who said um, that basically the Old Testament is like being in a room with the lights turned off. All the furniture is there. All the furniture is already placed. And in the New Testament, the lights come on. Hmm. So there's nothing new added, but it's just illuminated. And so that's what we try to do in this study is we try to take these this concept that's all throughout the whole word of God. And for a portion of it, the lights are off and we try to turn the lights on and help you see what's happening in the room. Mm -hmm. And I try to make it palatable. And 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 not only like do I want it to be something that people can understand, but my whole thing is I don't want you to just understand it. I want you to love it. I want you to see why it's beautiful. I want you to see why there's joy in this for you. Mm. So full full disclosure here, um, I got my worst grade in my <laughs> seminary courses as I was getting my master's in counseling in a theology class. I got a C, and so theology is not something that that I often think of. Like I know some of it, but it, it's apparent that you love it. Um, why is like understanding Trinitarian theology the the fact that Jesus was in the Old Testament and it's not. You know, he's not a new character in the New Testament. Why is that important? Why is that something that people can't just be like, well, you know, Jesus is when he, God came here and be done. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so Jen Wilkins says, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And I think that is a beautiful explanation and summary of why it's so important to know who God says he is. He's given us this information. I'm missing out on joy if I don't know that information. And you know, one example that I give is uh, the first time I ever went to New York City, I hated it. Get me out of here. This mm-hmm. is the worst. There's so much traffic. Why is everyone honking? It's so loud. Why are there piles of garbage on the sidewalk? Like I didn't understand anything. And then the second time I went, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And the third time I went, I was like, when can I move? I must <laughs> live in this city. And so then, I began to plan to move to the city and I started studying the subway map and I started studying the grid system and I understood it. And I was like, now I know how to navigate. Now I know that evens go east. That means even streets, the traffic goes to the east. 
odd streets, the traffic goes to the west. I understand that avenues go north and south and streets go east and west. Like it all starts to make sense. <laughs> and now I feel like I have a grasp on this city. And oh, there are bags of trash on the sidewalk because there's no place for a dumpster. And guess what? The, the trash guys come through every morning and pick it up. It's amazing how it all works. <laughs> I fell in love with New York City, the city I formerly hated, by studying it by studying it. I made myself a student of that city and I loved it. And so what I've learned about myself is that if I start to really dig in to something, if I start to get to know something better, I love it more. Mm. I'm terrified of octopuses. I'm, they scare me. And I decided <laughs> to go diving and try to see one. Mm. And I did. And it's getting better. <laughs> Matt can tell you what type of therapy technique yeah. you're doing. Is it flooding Exposure well, therapy? Is that what that is? Well, yeah. okay, you're not necessarily flooding yourself. Hopefully you're not like going and holding the octopus, but slowly no. approaching it. Nor is it holding me, which is yeah. my real fear. There you go. Yeah. Don't get in a vat full of octopuses. Good to know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, knowledge feeds love. How important is it to have, you know, you've talked about this pastor friend. Uh, how important is it to have someone with us on the journey who maybe is a hot second in front of us before us on the path? I think it's so helpful. I think it's so helpful in anything in life. You know, mm -hmm. if you're trying to learn how to play tennis, having a tennis coach. Mm -hmm. If you are, you know, trying to start a new job, having a mentor in that job. Um, it is just so helpful. Counseling, you know, somebody who understands what you're going through and can walk you through it. Um, that That's just huge. Uh, you know, I, it's funny, Hole in My Heart podcast, I have had two open heart surgeries because I was born with a hole in my heart. Aww. And, um, right? Yeah. Uh, I would not want a surgeon doing my open heart surgery who was doing it for the first time, mm. trying to figure it out on his own. Just, just, no, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Hard pass on the <laughs> yeah, newbie doing. heart surgeon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Things that, especially things that are a big deal, yeah. like your understanding of who God is. Right? You oh, don't totally. want to try to figure that out on your own. Can you talk, speak into that? You know, you've got D groups, you've, you know, so it's, it, you're doing, you're forming discipleship communities and you've got mm -hmm. like the podcast, which is a form of discipleship. So maybe, maybe like, let us, okay, tell us more about the D groups um, yeah. so we can understand that. Yeah. Because, uh, so D group, it stands for discipleship group. Yep. And it started with uh, me and nine girls in a living room. And about a decade ago, we started because I went to my church and I said, listen, there are groups that I can, you know, we can recap the Sunday sermon. There are groups where we can hang out and have meals together and just do life together. And that's, those are great, but I need more. I need a place where I'm going to be challenged to memorize scripture, to confess my sin, where we're focused on studying the word and like a deeper knowledge of that. I need that. And, and they empowered me to start that. And so I started it at my church with just nine people I'd never met, honestly. Um, I think I'd met one of them once. And we meet every week for two hours and it has grown into this international thing. We've been on six continents. There are, I think over 300 groups around the world. We have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have Spanish groups. Um, like we have groups that meet online for people who can't be, come to a physical meeting. Um, some groups are church partners, some groups are not, but basically the whole thing is we, we have a topic that we study or a book of the Bible that we study. It's never gonna be like, 
how to become a woman of grace. It's going to be like Hebrews or the <laughs> Trinity or things like that. Like we're digging into meaty topics hmm. and we equip the lead. We train the leaders. We give them everything they need to do everything each week. And we help them, you know, learn who God is through the study of scripture, through the confession of sin, through uh, memorizing the word and doing that in community with a bunch of people who may or may not be anything like them, but who just are people alongside them who want to know God better. So I am a leader. You seem like a leader. I'm a, I lead a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if someone is a leader listening, and, and to be honest with you, I get asked to mentor people a lot. And right. I, um, I don't say yes to everybody. And I think there's a, there's a place in me, maybe it's my little girl heart, Matt, I probably need way more therapy. So let's talk about that later. Uh, but just is also looking for a mentor. But I'm going to be honest with you, Tara Lee. I look around and most people are dead exhausted and have almost yeah. zero to give out. So uh, myself included, I'm like, my bandwidth is like almost zero for extra. So I guess, right. so if people want to join a D group, is this for like groups of men, groups of women, co-ed who are like, I want to study the scripture, but don't make me be in charge all the time. <laughs> like, is that, right. yeah. you know, is that a legit, is that a possibility? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a couple, let me, I'll answer your question with a variety of answers. Please. First, we have men's groups, we have women groups. We don't have co-ed groups at okay. this time. Yep. Um, and nor do we plan to for a lot of reasons I won't go into right now. Sure. Um, but um we do have groups that meet online. So if somebody wanted to just, they they wanted to be a part of it, but they don't want to lead it or organize it, they can join an online group. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they find somebody else to be a co-leader with them to help shoulder the load. Another thing that we do that I think was really helpful to people is we ask our leaders not to host, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. That way, if they are meeting in person, someone else has the burden of hosting. And as soon as it's over, the leader can get out of there. We also tell our leaders, you aren't expected to know everything. You aren't expected to do everything perfectly. You're basically a facilitator. You're the one who's helping make this happen. So good. And so we release that burden from them. And we also give them, um, we have structured leadership. So leaders who've been around a long time, our vet leaders, check in with our new leaders to see how they're doing and like pour into them, help pray over them, help answer any questions that they have. So we've built out this whole network and structure over the past decade or so that really help serve our leaders well. And another thing we do, we have six week sessions and once every session, we have a member of the group step up to guest lead the D group so that the leader has a week off from being on. That's so good. Look at you thinking about all these things. This is, I appreciate <laughs> Trial and error, my friends, trial yeah. and error. <laughs> holistic health. Right? Yeah. 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 So b- before we uh, let you go, um, one last question. Why um, in 2021 is Jesus still worth following? Man. To where else would we go? To whom else would we go? Only he has the words of life. You know, he's just, he's the best. He, like I was just thinking last night, um, I've really been thinking about the fact that scripture describes him as all sufficient Mm -hmm. and thinking about what that means. Like, do you know what that, all sufficient, Mm -hmm. sufficient for everything I need. So when I need strength, he's got it all. When I am just 
overjoyed with something and just screaming from a mountaintop. He delights in me and with me. He rejoices over me with singing. When I am mourning, he leans in. He is near to the brokenhearted. When I'm confused, he offers me guidance. Like I just, I don't know anybody like him. And I have seen in my life through two open heart surgeries, 10 weeks apart, through losing my sister to cancer, through like all of this pandemic chaos, through everything I have seen, my joy has not taken a dip. It just hasn't. Now, there have been really hard days. There have been a lot of circumstances that I wasn't sure how I was gonna get through. But the joy of the eternality of my relationship with him and the fact that nothing on earth can shake it Mm. and that I'm not alone in it there's nothing better than that there's nothing better than that dang all right well that's a word okay how can we how can we find out more about your work well terraleecobble.com is yep. a great place to go for information on the book um the, the he's where the joy is study yes. biblerecap.com if they want to start that they can go there and then if they want to join a d group mydgroup.org Okay, so we'll put all of those links if you guys like. Wait, I'm just still writing. Uh, we will find all, uh, put all those in the show notes uh, and go Perfect. gobble them up and get some of that infectious joy. Well, Tara Lee, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your uh, heart and mind. And um, I think just modeling persistence which is producing joy. I mean, <laughs> that's in the Bible. So right. just thank you so much for all that. Uh, thanks for having me. I've loved being with you guys. Guys, go check out He's Where the Joy Is. Follow Tara Lee Cobble. Again, we will have all of those links that she mentioned in the show notes. Listen to her Bible recap and go live out and spread the good news of the gospel in a world that is so desperate and hungry for it. Thank you again to Tara Lee Cobble and for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We will see you next week.